This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. We know that there is just one reality. Amazingly, though, in the 21st century, believe it or not, we continue to talk about two realities that exist simultaneously. We have scientific materialism, right? And we have spiritual theism, and they are mutually exclusive. In fact, neither of them can tell us what our one reality actually is because both Christianity and materialist science have devolved into only belief systems. One is theism, one is atheism. So how can we find the truth? Well, when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead, we get a wonderfully complete glimpse of what actually is going on, and we learn from the dead things that are consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. So it all comes together into one reality. How thrilling is that? Our guest today is one of my heroes, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. She, she sent me two books, and I thought we were going to talk about dreams. But So I mostly read that book, and then I started reading this one. It's called Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness. This is such a fabulous book that I'm going to basically tell you, go out, please, and read this book, and we'll talk today about why. The, the author is Rosemary Ellen Guiley. The book is Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness. And I, I guess I wish it just the title, Rosemary, I guess I wish it were just... You must read this book. Welcome, Rosemary. I'm so glad you're here. Well, thank you, Roberta. I'm so pleased to rejoin you on your show again. Yes, this is fun. I, Rosemary is um, someone who has spent her life on the cutting edge of what we're all coming to understand is reality. Um, and she's been out there talking about it much, much longer than I have. And, you know, I give you a lot of credit for that. It's hard to go out and state the truth as if it's the truth. I mean, we all find ourselves caring what other people think of us. But you have just made the truth natural, normal, and um, wonderfully personal. And I, I give you tremendous credit for that. We could talk about dreams. And, and dreams are something that I've talked about in um, in my books. I talk about it in the book just about to come out, The Fun of Staying in Touch. And I think perhaps Rosemary will come back and talk about dreams with us. But what she talks about in Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness, it's a little book. I mean, you can read it in a very short period of time. I've speed read it when I realized this was what I really wanted to talk about. I've been speed reading it for the last few hours. But uh, it's a little book, but it's powerful because what it does is to tie all of our sort of spiritual history and primarily actually Christianity and Catholicism all together and then unite it with what we're coming to understand is true about reality and our role in it and it does it in a way that's easy and fun and has you turning the pages I think it's just remarkable Uh, and I'm not going to talk I'd like you to talk Rosemary talk about this book 
I've always been interested in the power of our mind and our intention and our willpower and also our alignment to, uh, you know, the great creator in order to bring about change in the world. Throughout our history, we've looked at things like miracles and uh, even uh, major events as things that are beyond our control. We're uh, the passive recipients. Uh, We hope for God's grace. We hope for a miracle if we're worthy or the circumstances are right. Um, Things happen uh, that seem to be beyond our ability to even influence, let alone control. And yet we're learning now through the advances in science that we have a lot to do with what happens, not only in our own personal sphere, but in a global sphere as well. That uh, our intentions, our thoughts, whether they're positive or negative, our uh, our energy that we put into uh, bringing something about, and even just living the right life, all have a very powerful effect on the things that happen to us. So really, we are, bottom line, co-creators in miracles, both large and small. And this does not uh, diminish uh, the grace of God at all. Uh, The biblical sense of of the miracle was uh, a gift that God visited upon um, human beings as a a sign of his uh, protection, his uh, uh, overseership, so to speak, uh, and yet it doesn't, it's not just a one-way street, it's a two-way street, it's a partnership. And this is, as you just mentioned, Roberta, this is the emerging consciousness that we are becoming more and more aware of. We are co-creators, and we have uh, not only the ability, but the responsibility to use this tremendous power wisely. Uh, what's what I've come to understand, and, and the th- Rosemary also is pretty steeped in, in the afterlife evidence. So this is an area where she's familiar with things, but she's gone in a little different direction, and that's part of what makes this fun. But just, I'm a one-trick pony, well, two tricks. Death in the period right after death, that's what I know. And what I've come to understand from what I know is that there's really only one of us here. And that one is this infinitely powerful energy-like potentiality, highly emotional, it's only emotion at the core is love, that we have been calling God. I call it mind um, because there are, our, our God, the Christian God, has been given such a bad rap, actually, and so many sort of negative connotations that I, I don't use, like to use that term. But, um, but it, what you do here in this book is to take that and tie it, because I would say, I think you would say the same thing. I mean, we're all so intimately connected at the level of our minds that um, we're connected with, with God, we're connected with one another, um, that we, we are co-creators of our own reality. Um, but what you've done is to take that and tie that to our spiritual history, which to me is very profound. I mean, just the section on miracles and your own personal experience with miracles is worth this book. Uh, people, everyone should read that. Talk a little about that, about how, how the history of of what we would think of as Christianity, um, Catholicism in particular, how it all fits into this notion that we are really co-creators and of our own miracles. 
I want to, in this book, Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness, I really wanted to look at miracles from different perspectives to to show a broader picture than most of us are uh, familiar with. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned a little uh, earlier, the biblical view of miracles is that this is something that is given by God. Right. And so if you're lucky, then you get a miracle. Uh, and in the Eastern view... Uh, it's it's much different. And Eastern spiritual traditions and the mystical paths, uh, you are taught to develop your abilities, uh, not for the sake of the abilities, but because that's part of the path of enlightenment. It's part of the path of becoming at one with, with everything that is. And so miracles are deeply interwoven into the fabric of daily life. Uh, they're not just something that happened every now and then because uh, God wants to, to give us a favor. Now, granted, the, mirror, uh, the Bible is full of big miracles, and, and these have a purpose. Uh, they have a purpose to convince large groups of people right. uh, to uh, to to get large groups of people to uh, to do things and to uh, align themselves spiritually, uh, but in the Eastern view, we're uh, really involved in miracles every day, and of course uh, we have a personal perspective on that because what is miraculous to one person in terms of shaping the events in their personal life certainly would not qualify uh, according to the old uh, Bible big-scale definition of a miracle, and yet it's just as miraculous. The individual has much more latitude and uh, and power in the Eastern view rather than uh, just, uh, you know, praying for a miracle and hoping to be a recipient of it. But nonetheless, we do find models, even in Western saints, in terms of how this power works through them. And yes. they, they are like uh, the, the poster men and women for, for right living. Uh, and their whole purpose is to, uh, to align themselves with the power of God. Well, uh, we all have, if, if you want to strip out the, the religious connotations of that, that's an alignment to the source of all being, to right. the powers of, of creation in the universe that flow constantly toward wholeness and harmony. And by right living, by following uh, a virtuous path, uh, seeking always to pull yourself up to, uh, to the highest possible act uh, that you can, um, we, we are always refining our ability to be in that flow. And in the course of that, then miracles happen. You, you talk about um, visiting the tomb of St. Andre in Canada. Um, are you Catholic? You know, I'm not Catholic, Roberta, but I've written so much about the saints, and I have such a <laughs> philosophical alignment with uh, the saints that, that people often ask me that question. And uh, this is what happened. You went in there, you touched the black coffin. No, I've I've always called myself an expanded Christian. I was raised in the Methodist Church. Um, I'm fundamentally Christian, of course, in outlook. But quite honestly, there's no single religion that's ever really answered all of my spiritual questions. And so uh, I've practiced Zen Buddhism for a good number of years. I've studied all the major 
um, religious paths, uh, and I have philosophical alignments with with all of them because they they're all going to the same place anyway. That's true. But, That's true. But yeah, I did have yeah. a very powerful experience. With, Talk about that experience. Um, Just to set the scene, there's this little basilica, I guess, in Canada, and this in Saint Andre, beatified by Pope. Pope Paul the Sec, Pope Pope John, who, who, who recent a recent pope beatified him and and then canonized him, I guess. But he he was lying there in a little unassuming black coffin. So you touched it. So tell us what happened. This is the oratory of Saint Joseph, and it was the uh, spiritual inspiration of a very humble man known as Brother Andre. And he's been beatified, but not canonized okay. yet. Okay, all right. That was he really I... deserves to be canonized. Uh, he was. Uh, in in the order that he joined, he was like the lowest of the low. Uh, he, the um, the order didn't feel that he was qualified to be, um, you know, a monk, but oh. he could be a doorman. And he spent oh, most she... of his career as a doorman. Uh, he lived in the 20th oh. century. Now, he had a natural healing ability, and um, he started practicing this, that people would come to him for help. He had the power to heal by touch, by word. Uh, People had absolutely astounding recoveries after consulting with uh, Frere Andre. He would go out at night and visit people in their homes. He he was um, very blunt with them and, and... uh, if he saw things in their lives that were out of order, he would tell them in no uncertain terms that you have to uh, do this and that. If you expect to heal, and you're going to have to get all of your things in life in order. And that's very true. We can't expect isolated uh, an isolated healing if our whole life is uh, so fundamentally out of harmony that right. uh, illness has arisen from that. Yes. Well, Brother Andre acquired such a huge following um, that he was able to have uh, his patron saint was St. Joseph. And uh, he was able to have this absolutely enormous oratory to St. Joseph built in Montreal. And uh, he's buried in this in a granite tomb. It's called the Black Tomb. It's black granite. Uh, and his heart is also preserved as a relic in the oratory. Well, uh, many of the people who came to say, see Brother Andre had uh, various afflictions. They had to walk with canes and crutches and uh, things like that. And one one of the walls in the oratories covered with these canes and crutches that people discarded instantly upon being healed by Brother Andre. And as is customary with uh, saint figures, even if they haven't been canonized, there are many saints that have... Uh, tremendous followings who've never been officially canonized. Uh, There is a tradition that if you are ill uh, in any uh, regarding your life, whether it's relationship or emotionally, financially, health, if you come and place your hands on the black tomb and pray to Brother Andre, uh, he will intercede for you uh, in the communion of saints and um, facilitate a healing for you. So I never, I was uh, in Montreal uh, on a, uh, a business trip. I was speaking at a conference there, and I'd never heard of Brother Andre. But uh, PMH Atwater, who's a professional friend of mine, one of the experts in uh, the near-death experience phenomenon, uh, she told me about Brother Andre and invited me to come with her and uh, several other people to make a pilgrimage on, on a Sunday morning 
to uh, to visit the tomb. So I was very curious. I was all up for it. We joined a very long line of pilgrims uh, filing past the tomb, and uh, the the tomb was covered with offerings, uh, mostly flowers. Uh, the line was so long that uh, you just had uh, a few minutes to place your hands on the tomb and make a prayer. Uh, so I wasn't expecting anything. The atmosphere in the oratory, like a lot of sacred places, is highly charged. And when I placed my hands on the tomb, I had an amazing experience. I was literally, uh, it was a state of rapture. I was swept up into this state of rapture. And I, uh, I felt as though I were in divine presence and that this was such an intense energy. It was like a fire, a spiritual fire, and it was literally burning me like it was burning away impurities and uh, blockages in my life and blockages to my, my consciousness. Wow. It was so, <laughs> so overpowering that uh, I had to spend quite a bit of time contemplating it afterward. I didn't feel that I had been anointed or appointed or made totally pure or anything yeah. like that, but it was a very dramatic experience of this intercessory power of a saint to bring me into a highly charged and very refined uh, divine presence. And I'll never forget that experience. No, it's it's quite moving in, in your book. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about how all of this comes together, how our minds work with eternal mind and minds uh, the minds of the, the great and pure like uh, Brother Andre. Uh, you're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Our guest is the extraordinary and a lot of fun Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who's author of Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness. Buy this book. We'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I haven't been paying attention, um, really, but I've learned recently that there are tens of thousands of people listening to us in podcast. In fact, we're now in the top 100 of spiritual podcasts on iTunes. Thank you so much. I'm having so much fun doing this, and you make it all worthwhile. Thank you for listening. And call, email me at rgrimes at robertagrimes.com if you have any suggestions. We're back talking with Rosemary Ellen Guiley about extraordinary experiences and miracles. Um, miracles happen 
all the time in our lives in that they're unusual things, fortuitous seeming things. They can be healing. Uh, they can be just things that our guides put in our way that otherwise we might not notice that turn out to be important um, or things happening at just the right time to save us from some financial tragedy. All kinds of things happen all the time. What's great about this book, which is called Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness, is that Rosemary starts with all of these extraordinary sort of religious experiences and then she ties them right back to our personal daily lives the way that miracles are happening today i talk about a miracle um in the fun of staying in touch which is about to come out i know this is <laughs> this is a funny miracle but it's a miracle years ago back when borders bookstores were all over the place now they no longer exist um i knew about a course in miracles i had it on my list and a course in miracles is a is a wonderful channeled document of very advanced spiritual teachings. I was going to get to it at some time. In fact, it's, you, you almost can't do A Course in Miracles without a study group. And I, I was on my list. I was 17 or 18. But I was, it was not in my head to buy it. So I'm driving along one day. I see a Borders bookstore and it snaps into my head. I've got to buy A Course in Miracles. I, at first time I ever thought of it. But my car, by its own volition, turned into the the parking lot and I said all right I'll go and I have a minute so I went into the bookstore went to the spiritual section and um or new age section wherever they would have put it and there was a whole shelf empty which you, you never see that in a bookstore they crammed them with books there was an entire empty shelf in the middle of that empty shelf facing me facing outward to me was one copy of A Course in Miracles that seemed kind of strange but okay I picked it up I went to the cashier, and the cashier looked and looked, and he said, we don't sell this book. It's not in our computer. So I bought the book. We agreed on a price of 10 bucks. I bought the book, and I started to do the course. And it turned out to be the right time for me to, doing the, to do the course. And if I hadn't had that weird little miracle happen, I wouldn't have done it. That's the kind of thing our guides do. To me, that was a miracle. I, I don't know how the book got there, but it must have been an airport. I have no idea. But what do you think, Rosemary? That That's a miracle, right? That's a little strange, but it's a miracle. It certainly qualifies as a miracle. A, <laughs> a miracle can, can be any kind of event that we have no natural explanation for. And especially when this event propels us to, uh, to something along our spiritual path. Yes. So it's definitely a personal miracle. Uh, and I've heard other kinds of stories like this, too where people have found just what they needed at just the right time, as though right. you could say, in a respect, God puts it right in your hands. Yes. And I think it's important people understand that when we talk about God, God is all the people around us. God is our guides. God is all the, the, all the spiritual entities on earth, including all the people on earth, they're all part of one great entity. So God acts through other people very often in our lives, or God acts through saints. If we, um, if we have an extraordinary experience in, the, in a very spiritually charged place in the presence of uh, a saint or a beatified um, great uh, uh, spirit, that's all part of God. It's, it's God is not... God doesn't have a beard. God is not some other, which is the way I think I was certainly raised to think of God. I was 
I was very impure. God was very pure, and there was a great gulf between us. We are as intimately connected with God and with all the people around us by mind and with all of the greats of, of, of history, all of the great saints. We're as intimately connected as we could possibly be. We just need to open ourselves to that fact. And that's what's exciting to me about this book because it makes accessible the process of opening oneself to the possibility of miracles because our minds and, and Rosemary also gives some wonderful examples as I did too in the fun of dying of how our minds create our reality. Um, people, people who are prayed over, even though they don't know they're being prayed over and nobody knows who they're praying over double blind experiments with prayer. People do better when they're prayed over. Um, People, even plants, um, there was a, an experiment you talk about where they were trying to see whether certain kinds of enrichment would make plants grow faster. And then they discovered, and, and, but they didn't tell the experimenters which ones, because it was double blind, which ones got the, got the um, extra juice or extra, extra food. And so they all did well because the experimenters assumed they'd all do well. Talk about that. Talk about how our minds influence our reality that way. We've had so much evidence in formal experiments that uh, the mind has tremendous power to affect physical things. And these experiments on plants, uh, and there have been many ex experiments on uh, directing thought and uh, prayer, both good and bad, toward plants, uh, and they're, they're dramatic results. For example, there have been experiments where um, negative thought has been directed at plants. You will not grow. You will wither, you know, that sort of thing. And uh, those plants uh, are in a control group along with plants that receive beneficial, loving thoughts. You will grow. You will flourish. You will be beautiful. And the difference between the two is literally amazing, just what yes. our, our directed thought can do. And then another interesting thing that was an unexpected uh, finding from these experiments were the expectations of the experimenters, that if people doing an experiment expected things to go one way or the other, that too had an influence. So uh, the lesson to us is that we are constantly affecting our environment all the time with everything that that passes through our thoughts and our emotions, too. Our emotions have quite a bit of power. And uh, so the more we are able to, um, to, to marshal our uh, personal energies in a positive way, uh, the more it enhances our lives, and that has a spillover effect to everything else around it in the environment. So when people say to me things like, oh, I always have bad luck, or something bad is going to happen, it'll happen oh, yeah. to me, uh, or, you know, it's a constant litany of accidents, illness, you know, just things never working out, uh, you have to wonder uh, what's going on with the mindset of uh, someone that uh, all of these things are constantly happening. Now, we all have good and bad things happen to us, because... There are forces in motion there are, that are uh, so powerful and so much uh, of a collective nature that um, we can't impact them just to suit ourselves. But here again, then, that's yet another uh, lesson that our joined forces can have a great deal to do with uh, whether or not there are large-scale good or bad events. Uh, one of the parapsychologists who was a pioneer in this field, has been a pioneer, is Dean Radin. 
And yes. I highly recommend his book, Conscious Universe, uh, as um, a very enlightening look on the power of united thought. He talks about, you know, gl- global wars, conflicts, things like uh, terrorist attacks, uh, how much of this is the outgrowth of collective thought that could be just uh, collective animosity or collective goodwill. And then yes. it spills out in, uh, in actual physical events uh, to create harmony or to, to create disruption. Yeah, um, there are so many uh, examples of collective thought influencing reality. Big things, little things. Uh, one year after uh, the 9-11 attacks, apparently the Powerball number was 911. I mean, because everyone was thinking about the date. That kind of thing happens all the time. And the problem, to me, one of the core problems is that mainstream science still insists everything has to be material and therefore still insists that somewhere, somehow, they're going to find a source of consciousness in our minds, in our brains, rather. They won't find a source of consciousness in our brains because our brains are basically receivers and transmitters. Consciousness is something that is part of this great grid of mind that is really all that exists, that we think of as God. But that's where we are. That's where we live. We think we're in these bodies the same way that Jake, when he was in his blue body in the movie Avatar, thought he was there. But he wasn't. He was still safe in that pod. Well, that's the way we are, too. We think we're having experiences here. But our minds are so much more powerful than we have ever been given to understand. We can't access as much of our minds while we're limited by these bodies as we can once we're out of our bodies, which is one reason that the dead can manipulate our reality in, in ways which I talk about in The Fun of Staying in Touch. But still, we our minds are much more powerful than we will allow them to be if only we will believe um, that's extraordinary. You talk about Jesus's miracles, and you give an example of how um, the woman touched his garment, believing that that would cure her, and she was cured. And Jesus said, you know, your faith has, has healed you. There are several. In fact, every time Jesus talks about the power of our minds to affect our reality, um, we, we don't stop and think about the fact that he's really talking about what we're only learning today about the power of our minds. I mean, the Apostle Paul starts to walk toward him across the water and then says, whoopsie, I'm trying to walk on water here. And he starts to sink. And Jesus said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And that's another example of his talking about the power of our minds. He says, all these things that I do and more you will do. Again, he's saying it's our minds that cause these these realities. Over and over when he heals people, he says, go in peace, your faith has healed you. Don't you notice that, that Rosemary, that, that Jesus told us all of this 2,000 years ago and he really didn't, I don't think until now, come to understand the profound truth of his teaching that our minds are very powerful. They are, and all of his lessons are oriented that way. It's all about empowerment and not relying upon somebody else or something else to do it for you. Uh, And actually, this was uh, a a radical shift in uh, religious thinking, because up until then, uh, the gods were gods or the god or god uh, were considered right. to be powerful, and if you wanted to to have something happen, uh, you were at their mercy. You had to uh, yes. appeal 
uh, to their yes. uh, intervention. And Jesus comes along and shows how um, this is um, more of a co-creation sort of thing. It's a partnership. And again, this does not take anything away from divinity. And in, in fact, it uh, to me, it's, it's enhancing oh, that yes. uh, we have that, that kind of... Uh, of ability. Now, you know, it's it's been speculated that Jesus went to the east, perhaps to India during the 13 years that so we we don't know anything about what he was doing. And um given his philosophical outlook, uh it's quite plausible that uh he did and he would have been exposed to those eastern mystical ideas uh about miracles and and the divine that's far more integrated than uh, the prevailing attitudes uh, of his time elsewhere. And so these were concepts that were uh, a fundamental part of his own teaching. And yet when the apostles went out, and that was part of their mission too, was to uh, take this message to the masses. And uh, many of the apostles did miraculous acts as well as, as a demonstration. But still people collectively fell back into old ways of thinking that um, this was not something that the ordinary person could master. Right. Uh, He seems, I think an argument could be made if you read the Gospels, that Jesus was actually trying trying to wean us away from our thought uh, that religion was somehow necessary. He says, you know, go into your closet, talk to God in secret, and God who hears in secret will answer you. Uh, he talks, and he also has a lot of negative things to say about clergymen. When I've mentioned that, I, I mean, it makes me wince, actually, to read some some of the things he says. And when I've mentioned that to religious people, they say, well, he was talking about the clergyman back then. But I'm not so sure, because a lot of the things he says about clergymen back then are still pretty true today um, about uh, about clergymen and about our modern religions. It just makes you wonder, are we, do, are we about to arrive at a deeper understanding of the Gospels? Are we about to look freshly at, at this, this good news? It's much deeper good news, I think, than any of us ever dreamed, um, when what it's telling us is, as you say, Rosemary, so beautifully, that, that we're, this doesn't lessen the divine. This defines the divine in a way which is so infinite that it includes all of us, and we all can aspire to that, that level of purity and power and love and joy that we once ascribed only to um, angels and to God. It's, it's just so empowering to think this way. Well, it certainly is, and we have had some good advances in science that have helped the case. Uh, for better or for worse, science is one of our gods today, and when science does <laughs> right. so, then people start accepting it. Uh, there have been many advances made from the standpoint of uh, physics and quantum physics, field consciousness, that are demonstrating, increasingly demonstrating, this, um, this interconnectivity. And even dream researchers addressed that. Montague Ullman, uh, years and years ago, was one of the pioneers who talked about dreams as being necessary for survival of the species. And it wasn't just a personal thing going on, that we are all connected in ways uh, that uh, are often beyond our comprehension through our dreams. And that applies yes. to and consciousness as well. Yes. You you talk about um, the unity movement, which I discovered when I first came to uh, 
uh, first came to moved to Austin, I discovered a Unity Church, and uh, that was another thing which was coincidental and accidental, and of course neither. Uh, it was another little miracle of mine, and the Unity movement does empower people to use their minds in these positive ways. Um, I think that's probably a whole nother, uh, we ought to do a whole nother segment just talking about all the ways that can do that. But just briefly, my own experience was, I, I wasn't sure. I thought I was supposed to be doing something, and I wasn't sure what. I had put together all this evidence, but I was still working full-time. I was very busy, and I started to pray in, in, a, in a gratitude affirmation. I believe also in praying in affirmations. We, we express what we want to see happen in, in our lives and in the world. And, but I also I think it's good to say thank you for it, because if you think it, you already have it. So my, my, my affirmation was just... Thank you for giving me work to do, and thank you for showing me how to do it. I just started several times a day saying that to, to, to God. Within a month, I found myself writing a book. I, I didn't think I was writing a book, except that's what it turned out to be. And everything that I've done since in this work has all come directly from the fact that I still pray that gratitude affirmation. I wanted God to give me work to do, and God's idea of what I should be doing was so much more amazing, powerful, extraordinary, and perfect than anything I could have thought of myself. So I urge everybody to pray that. Just say thank you, God, for showing me what to do, and thank you for giving me, showing me how to do it. That's all. People are afraid, don't you think, Rosemary, to, to tell God that they're, they're willing to do whatever God says? But God's idea for us is far more, we, God knows us better than we know ourselves. And God's ideas are far more wonderful than our little small ideas. It, uh, when, when we start thinking like that, uh, thinking and, and uh, reorienting our lives, uh, amazing things do happen. It is a miracle in and of itself. Yes. Uh, I found that in, in many cases, when people start praying for a miracle, they've, uh, things have become dire. Uh, they're in instant need of something yes. or they are. And uh, those kinds of, sh of shifts and changes are not always going to happen. We have many examples of that, and I have some in the book where uh, people have had uh, amazing rescues, for example, from crises yes. and uh, very significant and fast turnarounds in, in life. But more often than not, it's a process. It's a process of unfoldment. And uh, as, as you've just stated so well, uh, if you start turning your thoughts around and praying differently, thinking differently, and following through with action, and that's part of it too, that um, a, a miraculous change happens in life and uh, things start falling into place differently. Uh, yes. So when you have then the opportunity to look back in retrospect, um, people are amazed at how uh, how much their life has shifted when they started thinking and acting differently. I'm sorry that we've got to break, but when we come back, we're going to talk. Um, I'm going to let Rosemary talk more. I'm so excited about this topic. I've talked too much. I apologize. But we're going to give her a chance to really, really make her case. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really understand that, it will change everything in your life. Our guest today is the wonderful Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and we'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet 
has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking today with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, whose book is Develop Your... She has written several books, uh, and all of them are good, but this one blows my mind. Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness. This book is wonderful because it takes us from where we are now, wherever that is, to where the next stage of human evolution is really going. And it does it in a way that's it's a little short book and it's easy to understand. I think everyone should read Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness by Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And now, Rosemary, tell us please how people can contact you and what your website is. My website is visionaryliving.com and you can get Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness on the website. I send copies out autographed. It's also available on Amazon and uh, as an ebook uh, on uh, Kindle and uh, Nook and iTunes. So you can get it just about anywhere. Um, I think now most people just basically go to Amazon when they have a thought, and I'm going to post a review there of this book. I don't do that often because I usually don't have time, but I've got to get people to read this book. Tell us, Rosemary, uh, oh, and also you do a, a newsletter, and I know that because I just got one. Tell us uh, how people can get your newsletter. I thought it was great. My uh, e-newsletter is called Strange Dimensions, and it comes out every month uh, via email. It's free, and you can sign up for it on my website uh, on the homepage, visionaryliving.com. And uh, when it comes out, I also post a link on Facebook and on Twitter and Pinterest. So uh, if you follow me on any of those uh, social media outlets, you can also read it as well. Um, Strange Dimensions covers the breadth of my work. And, um, you know, Roberta, you said several books. Well, I'm actually close to 60 books oh now. My I've been uh, working full-time for a little <laughs> over 30 years. And my interests cover quite a range um, in the spiritual met- and metaphysical fields. And I am in the uh, afterlife research field. I also work in ufology and the paranormal all of these things have cross-connections and interrelations. And uh, even people who uh, just start out primarily interested in ghost hunting uh, often wind up becoming intensely interested in metaphysical things because they start having experiences and then they want to know more about the bigger picture. So 
tell people now, I, as I say, I'm blown away by this because this, this book directly intersects with where I'm working, um, which is in trying to help to raise the consciousness um, of the planet. And what you're really doing in this book is, is enormously aiding that process by showing people how they can begin to use the powers of their own minds. Um, I, I think it goes it should go without saying that the first step in that is for us to purify our thoughts, um, to to think positively about everything. You mentioned earlier someone who uh, kept saying, oh, I don't have any good luck. Well, you know something, if you think that, you absolutely have called that down on yourself. You called up that reality. I've always thought the opposite. I have really good luck. So since this strange bad thing has happened, I know either it's an aberration or something better is going to come out of it. And if you think that way... I, that that's what happens. Better things do come out of whatever that little setback was. But but t- talk about yeah, talk about your thoughts mind- about this. Uh, well, you have to maintain that mindset even in the face of adversity. And as I mentioned earlier, all of us have obstacles in life. You know, life is never just one big joy ride. Uh, but even even when um, obstacles come up and and we have setbacks, uh, we still have to rise above that uh, with um, this mindset that everything works out for us, everything works out in the long run. And um, it's, oftentimes things do work out in better for us in ways that we can't anticipate. So uh, we have right. to hold uh, a faith that uh, the outworkings of these divine forces in motion, that um, we are going to be carried along to the right place. Now, you have to also factor into things like, I do believe in karma, I believe in reincarnation. And so, uh, you know, people will often ask, well, you know, I prayed and prayed for a healing or a miracle or something, and it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. So why am I being punished? That's usually how people wind up thinking. And uh, we uh, often don't know in any given situation well, what, what are the karmic things? What are the spiritual lessons that we as a soul agreed or wanted to take on in a particular life? And uh, everyone who's been through a bad time, regardless of what it is, and they've come out on the other end, uh, invariably say that they are better, stronger, wiser uh, yes. for the experience. So yeah. um Each one of us has a different mix of of things going on. But the bottom line is that um, if we can be mindful of our thoughts, we are in a far better position to be co-creators of the miraculous in our lives. Now, none of us are perfect. You know, you're not going to perfectly marshal and manage every single thought that goes through your head because thousands (laughs) and thousands of thoughts uh, happen. just on on a daily basis. But when we train ourselves, and meditation and prayer are two very good ways to to start with that, or when we find ourselves thinking negatively to to let that go and replace it with something positive, the more we are able to do that, then we really do turn around these, these forces in motion. And that's a physics concept, forces in motion, that Uh, we have probable outcomes of forces in motion. And I don't believe that the future is immutable. Uh, At some point, there's a critical mass factor where forces in motion, 
you know, the, the outcome of that is, is uh, a done deal, at least in uh, one reality, and I believe in multidimensional realities. But um, I think that there's quite a bit of play in these forces in motion toward probable events. So um, even when I give readings to people, that's my, my approach to that, is that a reading is an examination of what are the forces in motion and where do they seem to be heading? Is that where you want to go? Well, if not, then how, how can you alter these forces in motion to a more desirable outcome? If you like where things are going, then how can you add energy to that? And uh, I do believe that in the grand scheme of things, we have quite a bit of latitude for how we work out our lives. Even if we came into life uh, determined to accomplish certain things or, or to um, overcome um, obstacles, certain obstacles, uh, we still have many ways of um, uh, effecting those uh, particular paths. And uh, the universe is constantly giving us signs. You know, uh, uh, God will uh, work through many ways to uh, open the door for us, to give us guidance. And if we miss it one time around, we always get another chance. Something will always cycle back around. Then we have the cases where, you know, people feel like they get hit with a two-by-four uh, and they're forced into major change. And that's probably because um, the universe is now saying, well, look, it's getting critical here. So if you're going to make these changes, let's get on with it. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we do get hit by a two-by-four, and we think it's bad, but often it's a good thing that that something happened that knocked us out of our complacency and made us just uh, made us start looking at things differently. I think that can be some of the most exciting uh, times in our lives. Um, so what, what, how would people get started in transforming their lives? Because that's really what this is about. How can you bring your life into alignment with whatever your, your life plan is, whatever your soul's plan is, or, or your karma, whatever you want to call it? Um, we're here for a purpose. We're here to learn and grow spiritually. Appear, apparently, for all of us, that's our purpose. But we all have different lessons we're learning and different ways we're growing. So what would you recommend to pe that people do who are saying, okay, I'm going to make the most of this lifetime. Maybe I want to come back as many times if I do. What would you suggest to them? Prayer, meditation, and affirmation are at the core of every spiritual path, regardless of what your faith is. And uh, So that's prayer, meditation, and affirmation. Great. Okay. And uh, one of the ways to start is uh, to do an assessment of, uh, of your life. And what are the things that are going well? What are the things that are not going well? Uh, what's on your to-do list of uh, what it is you envision for yourself to be or accomplish? And uh, how many of those things are still outstanding? There are never any perfect circumstances. And here's another thing that I find uh, people often uh, entrap themselves in. And it's, it's three little, I call them the delaying games. And it's uh, when, then, what if, and if only. Uh, oh. When, then. When circumstances are perfect in my life, then I will take a risk. I will go for something. I will do it. I will uh, set out. Uh, and there's, a, there's always something that interferes. There is always something. So there's never like the perfect moment okay. where the universe is in total alignment. So you have to, right. at some point, you have to take a risk. And, of course, you want to minimize your risk. The other one is um, uh, what if. 
what if I step out? What if I try something and it doesn't work out? What if? Oh, yeah. And all of us, nobody likes to fail, uh, but all of us have failures. In fact, we wouldn't be better persons without failures because uh, we, we learn from our mistakes. You pick yourself up and you carry on and you do something better. So uh, what if is is really a non-argument, but people will allow that to come between themselves and their life path. And then the third one is, uh, if only. If only I didn't have to do blah, 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 or take care of, or, um, again, it's another obstacle. If only life was perfect, then then I could do what I really envision, or I could really right. in my life. Right. And that's never perfect circumstance either. Now, we all have responsibilities. And for example, I was able to, you know, over 30 years ago, set out on my own as um, in my writing career, which is a big risk. It's a huge financial risk. And, um, and I uh, know that other people, uh, you know, they're weighing things about taking financial risk. They have families to support children. Maybe they're looking after parents or relatives. There's all kinds of things. So it's, it's not about abandoning your responsibilities, but finding a way to integrate your responsibilities with your life path goals. And there is always a way. There are always solutions. So sometimes we have to look for them. We have to give our, ourselves some really serious soul-searching thought. And if we pray and meditate on it, and we put together some affirmations about uh, the person um, the person we uh, are seeking to become, but we, as you mentioned, you know, you affirm that you have it right now because it really sets forces in motion. Uh, that begin that initiates tremendous shift in life, and uh, the idea is to put yourself in alignment with these cosmic forces. Uh, toward wholeness and harmony. All of us are part of that. In um, Eastern mythology, uh, in Hindu mythology, there's a wonderful analogy uh, with Indra's net. And uh, Indra is a a deity that um, uh, kind of oversees a a vast cosmic picture. And this net uh, is hung with jewels. Uh, It's just like a big fisherman's net, and it represents all of creation. And every jewel is every person, every sentient being in creation. And the analogy is that when one jewel shakes, it shakes the whole net. So it's a way of realizing how interconnected we are and that, that we, uh, the ripples of everything we think and do go out uh, in an organizing way uh, around us. That's such a perfect way. To, I'm so sorry that we're we're coming to the end of our hour, but Rosemary, I really want to have you back. There's so much more we have to talk about. Thank you for being such an inspiration. Uh, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and The Fun of Staying in Touch, which will be out in a couple of weeks. It explores all the many ways in which we can stay in touch with our dead loved ones. Uh, I also have novels to share. If you go to robertagrimes.com, you can see everything I'm working on and doing. And also, please read my blog. And if you leave your email address there, we can stay in touch. Next week, we're going to be talking with John McGrail, who actually is a perfect follow-up to this conversation. He's author of The Synthesis Effect, and his life is dedicated, as he says, to the art and science of personal empowerment. Our guest today has been the wonderful Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Her book 
she, her, she, she's written 60 books, so you can make a life a career out of just reading this woman's wisdom. But this book all by itself is worth the trip. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, Develop Your Miracle Mind Consciousness. It's a little book, but it is so powerful, it will change your life. And now, go out and enjoy this wonderful coming week in our one reality always knowing that you are an infinitely powerful, eternal being and you are perfectly loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.